Hello and welcome to Happy Place, where we attempt to understand human beings in all their glorious complexity, one person at a time. And today, it's the human known as Davina McCall. When I got cleaner, I didn't have that many really good girlfriends because I could manipulate girls in the same way as I could manipulate boys when I was using. And actually what's happened is I now have a very solid network of girlfriends mm. uh, who I... I couldn't live without, I don't think. Davina spoke to me at a day we called Happy Place Live with Vita Coco. Oh, it was such a lovely day. It was full of talks and classes and workshops that we put together to help us all find our happy place. And that it did. Zephyr Wildman, who's also been on this podcast series, was doing the most exceptional yoga classes there, which I loved taking part in. And you can still listen to Zephyr's episode if you like. So a massive thank you to everyone who came along that day and to Vita Coco for hosting it. I am doing another Happy Place Live, a Happy Place Festival this year in 2019. So keep listening to Happy Place to be the first in line. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And now, here's the show. Davina, I'm so happy you could be at the first Happy Place Live and on the podcast series with an audience. Oh, you lovely people who have made me smile all day. Thank you so much. Um, I really wanted it to be you for this particular episode because you embody so much happiness and you always make me very happy and it's just perfect for the whole of today. Do you know, I love um, how we came together, mm. our first sort of proper immersion into uh, Fern and Davina, which was we spent, how long was it, four or five days yeah. on a coach together. It felt like five Day years. Day and night, cycling from John O'Groats to Land's End. It was awful. It, well, you, the weird thing was that I had the time of my life. You loved it. I absolutely loved it. Everybody came back going, I'm never getting on a bicycle ever again. Well, I haven't. I, however, have turned into a diehard cyclist. Mm. I lo- loved it. It was awful. I was so intrigued about that because it was, you know, the great thing that came out of it was we became even better friends and we were literally on a bus. So we, we would get called out to cycle at any point of the day to do about all night. 30 miles all night. So, you know, two in the morning, hi, in your bunk bed. What? You've got to go and cycle 30 miles. And you're in, it's like minus two degrees. And you're in Scotland and there's loads of hills. 
Uh, I mean, it was awful. It was and you loved it. I did. <laughs> you absolutely loved it. Do you know why, though? And this is... Um, I was asked just a minute ago to go and talk about my, my happy place. And uh, I've, got, I've got two happy places, but one of them is exercising. And um, the, one of the big reasons why I think that that's my happy place is because I always, or, or mostly, exercise... Uh, in nature so mm. cycling I love because I'm in in nature I live in the country so that that makes a big difference but when we were cycling say my toughest ride which was in the highlands at two o'clock in the morning yeah um, th- but there was no ice on the road and Glencoe was covered in snow and the idea that there was snow on the mountains but no ice on the road we were so lucky mm. and I kept thinking, like, I always try and see the positive and everything. So it was absolutely freezing cold, but I was very lucky because I got the bit of it where I got to cycle uphill. In the freezing cold, you don't want the bit where you're cycling downhill because it's even more freezing cold. So I was like, yay, I'm going up a mountain. (laughs) You're crazy. I am crazy. And then I looked, and the guy that normally rides with us, he got hypothermia. And do you remember, Richard had to come off his bike. And so I was on my own for a bit, which made it even better. Because I was on my own, and the snow was blue from the moon. The moon was shining Mm. down on the snow. And I thought, never you wouldn't be able to pay me enough money to get me out of my bed at home at 2 o'clock in the morning on a snowy, cold winter's night. I don't really cycle in the winter. I'm a fair-weather cyclist. And to do this but I'm so grateful that I'm here because it's really beautiful Mm. and quiet and not a single car and all the snow was glistening from the reflection of the moon it was honestly it was I mean I've got goosebumps talking about Mm. it it was a spiritual experience it was amazing Mm. and I loved that I learned a lot from it because the difference between us on that cycle was that you were very positive and looking at the twinkling moon and I was just going, <laughs> I hate this, I hate everyone, my gloves don't fit properly, my bum hurts, like just I hated all of it. And I loved hanging out with you. I didn't read you like that. Oh, I was moody. I was quite moody and quite grumpy. And I didn't enjoy the uphill bit because I found it so, so tough. But I have had that same euphoria in other moments in nature exercising. So I totally connect with that. But on that particular trip, no. I'm very interested in, you know, you do always see things very positively and you have a very much a sort of a glass half full. Have you always been like that? I, I think I have, as long as, long as I can remember. And I come from, I, I'm always rather interested in natural nurture. And I do come from a long line of massive optimists. And my dad, as you probably know, has got mm. Alzheimer's. And even in the face of this terrible, sort of debilitating, ongoing, progressive, non-treatable illness, he's just so bloody chipper about everything, and he's still chipper. And um, my granny, who also brought me up, she was unbelievably positive, and that, I think, partially is to do with uh, having lived through a, uh, a war and um, had to just kind of, you know, tough up a lip and all of that and pull your socks up mm. and belt and braces. And she just, everything, nothing was ever as bad as the war sort of thing. So, like, her yeah. glass was always half full. Um, <clears throat> and so I think maybe I caught it from them. But I don't know. Like, I don't know whether some people innately struggle with that. And is it something, is positivity 
um, or positive state of mind, is it something that we can learn? You know, with my kids, I bought a sign for Holly. Oh, my God, can I tell a story? Oh, I love Holly. I'm going to be very quick. This is cycle-related as well. This is cycle-related. Yeah. So after we... After we... (laughs) It's a great story. The kids all came to see me finish up the bike race. And Holly, who was nine at the time, had, like, the biggest crush on Fern. She just thought Fern was the, just... And you are the coolest person ever, but to so a nine-year-old on, on top of all... Well, still to her now, you're the coolest <laughs> person ever. So Holly was like, Fern is my life. She met Fern. She was, like, oh. talking about her and everything. And um, it, it was a long drive home. It was um, six yeah. hours' drive, and I was driving. And Holly said, look, um, can I have your phone? And... Uh, she took the phone in the back of the car and I thought she'd be just playing something or listening to music. <laughs> anyway, six hours later, I get my phone back and I've got some texts from Fern. She was like, yeah, I'd love to meet you at Waggers. <laughs> I was like, what? And I went back and Holly had been imitating me yeah. for six hours yeah. in the car to Fern, pretending that she was mean. And you sus- I just thought, Davina must be so tired because she had like a lot of typos and it's kind of like a weird way of phrasing sentences and, and she really, really wants to go to Wagamama's. <laughs> and, and a nine-year-old trying to spell Wagamama's. Oh, it was so... It was very cute. Was she not also doing it to Dawn French? And Dawn French. Yeah. Um, oh, I love Holly. So, and what happened, what ended up happening was that... Um, Holly and Fern have now become sisters. sisters. And Holly had to announce, hello, this is Holly speaking when she texted Fern, but you were so oh. sweet to her. Anyway. Oh, I love her. F- Holly was quite, used to be quite uh, a negative person or, or would, everything was a drama. Everything was, and I bought her this sign that said, uh, happiness is an inside job. And I do feel like she's become like really kind of proactive and positive. And I don't know whether that's just a process of growing up or whether it's because I've just done the trickle trickle gratitude positivity um, trying to take any kind of situation that they see that's a bad one and see what can we take out of that that's good Mm. and let them answer that let them find the goodness you know it's so important because I agree you know out of all the work I've done on these podcasts or writing the books or anything to do with the wonderful charity mind that have been here today the one sort of common theme in certainly all the podcasts is that you know discipline is key for happiness you know obviously when you have a chemical imbalance and you have a depression it's very complex but for most of us going through life and going through even tough situations you have to apply a bit of discipline each day and it might be something that you know makes you feel good getting out and doing some exercise it might be just trying to find a positive and a negative I'm not saying that's easy because I struggle with it a lot but it is definitely something that is needed sometimes I'm faking it and yeah. sometimes I kind of think look I, I really I'm struggling there have been a few occasions in my life where I'm like I'm struggling to see any positive in this at all and in fact I who was it A.A. Gill oh I loved A.A. Gill um, special A.A. Gill he was a journalist in case any mm. of you didn't know who he was and um, we were talking about something and he said well you can let it ruin your lunch but don't let it ruin your dinner mm. and I was like oh that's a brilliant way of looking that's at good. it that's good like you know, I think happiness um, is, is marvellous and I, I love it when I'm happy, but I'm not always happy. Mm. And it might look like I'm always happy because 
I quite often just show you the bits when I'm happy, but I often am also guilty of thinking, well, nobody really wants to see me when I'm unhappy. But the times when I have been quite honest, I posted a post on Christmas Day about loneliness. Mm. And it wasn't necessarily that I was massively lonely, but I did think, God, it's a tough day, Christmas. It's horrible. And, oh, my God, the feedback I got from that, and it wasn't me kind of going, hi, everyone, it's Christmas. Oh, God, I love it. Yeah, yeah. You know, we're all around family together. It was something that I kind of thought, I'm just going to say this, and it's Christmas Day, no one will probably see it. Oh, my God, like, I was... It's funny, when you do put yourself out there a bit, you, you get good stuff back. Yeah. It's, it's scary putting yourself out Of course out there. it is. Like, you know, being truly yourself and showing all the bits of you You're very is, good at that. Uh, yeah, I mean, I didn't used to be. I used to just be like, you know, I was on the TV, like, yeah, you know, I'd be happy or whatever. And then just thought see what happens if I'm not like that all the time and then all of this wonderful sort of stuff has happened because you know even being here like all of you lot have come up to me at some point in the day and we've had a chat about your own live situations why you've arrived at this event today and what it's meant to you and you know that's incredibly amazing for me so I think that is the transaction isn't it that you that you end up in once you sort of start to just be yourself and get on with it and be honest Going back to sporting challenges, and there's a big question coming up in a minute about this, but your, your most recent sport relief challenge was very different to the cycle. It was an just unbelievable, insurmountable challenge that you put yourself up for. How, how was that? That took me to a very dark place. Yeah. I mean... Um and bizarrely, I suppose, the positives that I would take from that week was I did discover that when you think that you have got nothing left, like, and for me to say my tank is empty, I've got nothing left to give, for me to see a room full of school children who have come to greet me as I've got off a bicycle and for my heart to sink and to think, I cannot be nice to you, mm. I'm dying. Yeah. <laughs> it's like... You know me, right? Yeah, you that don't do like, that. I do not, no. I do not do it's that. not you. I had nothing, nothing left. But every time I thought I had nothing left, I had a bit more. Mm. Like, it was the weirdest thing. And I thought, oh, my God, it's like being superhuman. You think, I'm so, I'm so much more than I think I am. Not up here, not here, but, like, in here. I'm like... I am, I am strong like ox. Yeah. Do, Do you think we've all got that in us? Yes, yeah. everybody. Yeah. Because I always say to people, and people, oh God, it used to really piss me off actually when people used to say to me, so what's next? I think, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> have, you, have you not seen what I've just done? Yeah, like, I'm done. Over I, it. I'm not, I'm not doing anything again. No. Um, but. Um, a, a sponsored sleepathon. Perhaps. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it, it took me to a really dark place yeah. mentally. I had to get peeled off somebody at a BT call centre. They, they took me to go and sort of... These people at the BT call centres, they were amazing. They were taking all these calls, um, to, to collecting all the sponsorship money. And so we had stops on the way to see people. But again, you know, I was empty. I had nothing left to give. And this woman, and she had... I don't know why I associate big boobs with with motherliness mm. but she had really big boobs and she was really cuddly and she did one of those cuddles that just I do them quite a lot that oh. last just a bit too long and I just started I just went mm. and I just started crying and I, I couldn't I couldn't stop 
Like there was nothing that was going to stop me. And they had to peel me off her and take me to a different room and get me a McDonald's. Oh. Sometimes it has to be done. It's got to be done. Sometimes it I has mean, to be done. And uh, I think it was probably the first meal that I'd enjoyed in four days. Like, mm. I just couldn't eat. I couldn't eat anything. I was so... I was just broken. Have you sort of made peace with that experience now? You know, can you sort of see um, why the dark bits were yeah. good? I mean, I, I spoke to John Bishop, interestingly, a lot after that. Um, and I used to cry a lot about it. And then about a year afterwards... I moved on, and actually, even when I was crying about it, I, I had moments, you know, where I was with people that I love in the team, Greg, Greg, Matt, Dot, you know, all of those people. I love those guys, and they carried carried me through. Um, so those those times, I, it was the best of times and the worst of times. One minute I'd be crying my eyes out, and the next minute I'd be laughing my ass off. It was the weirdest. It was really mad, but I would say it was equal half and half, but I'm still really, I'm really proud of myself for doing it, like I said, because I just didn't know I had it yeah. in me. Oh, and what I wanted to say was, you know, I look at all of you, I am, I am just like you. People often kind of sort of go, well, you can exercise like whenever you want all day. I can't. I've got a job. Like, exercise isn't my job. Presenting's my job. Yeah. And, kids. and kids. So, you know, I'm up at 630 every morning, do the school run, uh, then if I'm lucky I can get some exercise in, or then I have to go to work, and quite often I'll work till 10 o'clock at night, so exercise for me is a treat and a very joyous thing, so I'm not sort of a, a gym bunny that goes to the gym every single day, I love it, and if I could I would, but I can't. Yeah. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Why do you think you put yourself up for these extreme situations? You yeah. don't have to do that. You don't yeah. have to say, yes, I'll do a second sport relief challenge and know how... The, the enormity of it. Why, mm. why do you personally think you had to put yourself through it? It's a really, really good question because it's something I asked myself when I was in it, like, why did I say yes? But I do think part of it is thinking, I think that I maybe through doing something that I like doing, like sport, I could do something really life-changing or raise a life-changing amount of money that was probably the predominant thing, the raising a life-changing amount of money. Secondly, I always tell people, you know, sign up for something. <laughs> I mean, that was a bit too big. But I always say, sign up for something, you'll keep fit. I mean, I've never been fitter than I was then. Oh, my goodness. Mm. I was working and three kids and training for an, basically a kind of Ironman triathlon at the same time. And, crikey, I really I loved... I did feel superhuman at the end of it, physically. I bet. Didn't last very long. Didn't last very long. Yeah, but you wouldn't want it. You wouldn't want no, to have to sustain that you amount can't. of training. It would be ludicrous. You can't. No, you absolutely can't. How do you think your relationship with your body has changed over the years, from, say, when you oh were God, kind of amazing. teenager 20s to now? When I was younger, I, 
I hated the way that I looked. Particularly, I hated my cankles. I had cankles, and I felt like I had tree-stumped legs and cankles, and I could never lose weight off my legs. But my upper body always... I carry weight on my bum and my legs. Thank you, Kardashians. Yeah! (laughs) Back in. (laughs) I was never happy in my own skin. And Any of it. And drugs, drugs and drink were part of that, right? Like, so was that an escapism then? Yeah, totally. So I was insecure and I was unhappy in my own skin and I was unhappy with everything. But if I had a drink and a drug inside me, I'd feel great. Yeah. So it was a holiday from feeling terrible about myself. And then as I, when I stopped that, I went to Narcotics Anonymous meetings. And through going to Narcotics Anonymous meetings, I sort of learned to like myself but not the way that I look just the person that's inside and then I would say like my sort of mission to try and look after my body was after I had kids really so mm. so so one so how long have you been clean first of all by the way because we 26 need to six years I mean that's exceptional Thank you. absolutely exceptional was that any sort of catalyst for you to start thinking about well-being in a different way or were you too thick in just staying sober? I was just sober? Trying to stay clean, yeah. yeah. I mean, I was quite young. I was 24. Yeah. Um, and so I was quite obsessed with just trying not to use. Yeah. And that was a daily struggle. Um, and I gave up clubbing, and I gave up drinking drugs, and I gave up smoking. And I must have put on a couple of stone, like, just overnight. And... Um, but I didn't, what was quite brilliant about that time was I didn't really care about that because I just couldn't believe that I was living clean. It was so exciting. Yeah. And I was, I was immensely grateful just for even the smallest things, for waking up in dry sheets. You know, I used to get the night sweats every night because I'd be like clucking and then I'd want to get drugs the next day. And, but I'd wake up in the morning when I got clean in dry sheets. Mm. Oh, so nice. Um, or I'd wake up in the daytime. Oh, amazing yeah. I remember like I used to wake up and I'd think is this really early in the morning or is it the afternoon <laughs> I had like, no idea I mean you, your life has completely 180 like it couldn't be any more couldn't different any more now different. It, and your whole ethos to your well-being and how you look after yourself is completely different when did yours start um I've always really loved exercising I sort of did ballet and dancing mm. religiously as a kid and I wanted to do that forever and then started presenting and thought actually I really like this so I sort of replaced it with a bit of running so the exercise has always been there but the the general care definitely not so when did that happen well in my sort of 20s I would go out drinking all the time you know never massively excessively but I would be out all the time at gigs whatever skipping dinner have a bowl of chips instead you know I just didn't think that it had any effect on anything I didn't think it had an effect on my body or my head no and I think really it was when I had had a slightly tougher time that I really started thinking about diet properly and how that would affect me but like you after I had kids I just felt so knackered and I couldn't find me in there. I was just, you know, like for any mum, you're just breastfeeding or feeding your kid and up all night. And I knew I had to make a dietary change, certainly. And at that time, I discovered yoga and I cut out sugar. And those two things together were just a very good combination for me. Not going to work for everyone, but for me, that worked. And it was literally overnight. I've had a baby. I need to make changes. And then they they kind of happened incrementally. Was yours 
that sudden? Like, you had Holly, your first baby, and then you decided that you needed to make changes. I was pregnant with Tilly when I started exercising. Um, But the exercise has been amazing, and it's been amazing for making me feel better about my body. It's been amazing for my mental health, and it's been amazing for my energy, like energy-wise. I'm 50, and I feel amazing. And you look 12. I don't understand. It's just it blows my mind. I just don't understand. Well, I don't want to look twelve, but I love you. For but you, that. I mean, you haven't I aged just, since I've known you. You but, have not aged. What know, a bit! I just, I just want to look good for fifty, and that's I'm really happy. I mean, with that. You, you, and thank you. For we that. look the same age. Like, no, there's no we way we do. No, it's we don't. Fan. No, we do. But, um, but um, and you know what's lovely is I don't want to look your age. I'm not your age, but I do just want to look good for my own age. But, I but you fitness, feel great. Yeah, but fitness is a big part of that. But there's other factors to feeling, for me, to feel good um, inside and out. Every morning, I, I used to, when the kids were little, I used to make the least effort with myself possible. I, I'd never wear makeup. I would put on just anything, slobby anything, I mean, I was just that kind of, you know, just drag myself out of the door with three. And I'd always be rather impressed that I'd even got out of the door. And since they've got a bit older, I've taken real joy in putting a bit of makeup on before I go out. I mean, sometimes I do it for the school run. I love. And I don't feel like that is a. a, You know, I used to kind of think, oh, who gets dressed up for the school run? And. I now look at that in a slightly different way, and actually I do it to make myself feel better. I'm not getting dressed up for the school run for the other mums. Of course I'm not. I'm doing it for me, because yeah. I look in the mirror and I think, oh, yeah, it looks a bit better. Or <laughs> I, um, I, I've got a thing about undies, right? And I'm, I love, like, nice undies. Now, I'm, I'm single. I'm not doing it for, like... Any, I'm not doing it because anybody's going to see it. I know it's there. Yeah. I, I like... That kind of thing, I really I haven't like. got to that point yet. And I, <laughs> it's very mismatching. I've got, I will be on board with it. I, I understand the feeling behind it. I just haven't... There's just some really comfy knickers that I like, and I can't let go of them. It's bad. It's bad. I know. No, it's not bad. Um, and, There's you know, my dream is to somehow bring out a sexy, comfy knicker. Like, that would Please. be... Like, why can't, why can't we have that? Why can't we have our cake and eat and it? And I don't want it... Up the uh, crack. Not up the arse. It's got to just gently curve yes. around the arse, but not look frumpy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, yeah. not be the granny Bridget Jones. Yes. Cat. Okay, I'm on That's it. All we want. That's it. all we want. But so I think, like, when you know that you're, you're all wondering, aren't you? Today I am wearing... Go on. Um, I love Victoria's Secret. I'm wearing a grey two-piece uh, little lacy, lacy pant. Heaven. Oh. No one's, no one's complaining about that. But, you know, and you feel nice. Like, <laughs> nice. And so those kind of things are like little things that it's not for anybody else. Nobody else knows it. Well, I mean, you all know about it now. But, um, but it makes you kind of put, puts a little spring in your step. And so yeah. those, along with exercise, these are all little acts of self-love. Um, if I'm on my own cooking for myself, that's a big deal. When I was on my own, when I was using, it was like... You know, baked beans out of a tin. Yeah. Um, and in a funny kind of way, that's almost like self-abuse in a way, or self-harm, like eating, like not looking after yourself properly. And, and cutting out sugar has been a big thing for you as well. And, and eating, you know, food that makes you feel good. It's not about a clean, diet or elimination. Clean, clean. It's mm. good, good food and no sugar. I mean, although 
Uh, and I, I want to really be clear about this. I say no refined sugar. And for me, it's more about drawing a line. So uh, cakes, biscuits, uh, sweet cereals, anything like that are out. Yeah. Um, but I do have honey. And I do put honey in cooking. And uh, I, I feel like it's a... We've got bees. Oh, wow. <laughs> and so it's a naturally occurring sugar, so I feel all right with that. Yeah, great. And we had Dr. Pixie here today who said exactly the same, you know, dates, fruit, honey, you know, of course, yeah, but it's really, but it's fine. It's natural and it's from, it's not refined and that's the, the bad bit for us all. Um, obviously, your body is phenomenal, like beyond amazing and you put a lot of work in for it to look like that. But do you still have parts of yourself that you're not happy with or are you at a place now where you've accepted what you're like and you feel pretty good? Um, I definitely have days when I look at myself and I think, oh, you know, um, it's usually to do with my legs or my bum or uh, cellulite or my cankles. Running will fix that in a nanosecond. But um, when I can't run, I wasn't able to run for a few months this summer. And I was like, oh my God, it's all going to part. I know. Um, so yeah, I have like totally have moments when I think, ugh. I can't look at myself. But I have to say that I do feel better about my body now than I ever have done in my... I mean, the idea of me being... I mean, admittedly, I didn't know that you'd be here. So me being in shorts was quite full on. But the idea of me being sat here <laughs> cross-legged and not feeling... I haven't once thought, oh, my God, I better move my leg because like, I'm going to look weird like this. I, I feel completely fine with you guys all sat there looking at my legs, which is... I would be dying if this was 10 years ago. So that's that, progress. Is that age, is that age, age and experience? For sure. Yeah. For sure. And, you know, like Mother Nature's got to give you something for getting older, right? And um, I think Mother Nature actually gives you a sort of satisfaction in your own skin. And it also gives you this awful thing of not really giving a damn about what comes oh, out I of love your mouth. That. It's so dangerous. It's a, uh, I've got... Um, there's a press agent called uh, Jonathan Hackford and he, he sort of looks after interviews and stuff and literally I can see him clench his buttocks <laughs> every time I do an interview because he's like, oh my God, what's she going to say? <laughs> Please. And almost like it became his mantra, Please don't say vagina. Like for about, for about a year, he's like, Please don't talk about your vagina. <laughs> you can talk about it here. Yeah, safe I know. space. I feel safe. safe yeah, you feel completely yeah. safe. It's absolutely yeah. fine to do that. Um, vagina. Keep on saying vagina. What would you say to yourself in your 30s, your younger self? Because, you know, I'm in my mid to late 30s now, and I haven't reached that bit yet where I feel completely accepting of everything, and there are still things that I massively struggle with, and I'm sure that continues forever, but there are a lot of things that I'm hoping I gain peace with as I get older. Looking back to you when you had young children, you're in your 30s, your career is very busy and hectic. What, what advice would you impart to yourself? I was so stressed out back then, and I think if I look back, I can see um, juggling everything and being so tired, and um, I probably would just... The first thing I would say is, it's all going to be okay. Yeah. And I think when I go to anybody for a cuddle or I feel really sad about anything or something really terrible's happened, I don't really ever want anyone to fix me. I just want someone to tell me that it is all going to be okay. Mm. And it is always okay, whatever happens. And it might not be in life things have happened and they haven't been the outcome that I've wanted or they haven't, things haven't gone as that I thought they would and it's still all been okay. Mm. You know, and I think there's a, a knowledge in that. As I've got older, I've really believed that actually 
So now if I'm looking at um, my future and I've got irons in the fire and things are happening and I think, well, that might not happen, but it's all going to be okay. Yeah, and that's, you know, why you were able to write that beautiful book about Mm. all the life lessons that you'd learned and what you'd like to sort of impart to other people. Um, You know, what are your big ones? What are your big life lessons that, you know, you you didn't have a clue about in your 20s and that you now completely adhere to in life? I think um, love yourself. And that was a, a much harder lesson than um, I ever thought it would be. I, I always had this idea in my 20s that loving yourself was some kind of terrible, arrogant thing to do. And, oh, how cocky to say that you love yourself. How arrogant, how full of yourself are you? But when I got clean, I hated myself so much. And I just thought, it's kind of get clean or die. So I... I've got nowhere else to go. And without the drugs, I didn't have any more um, kind of fancy dress to put on anymore. I was just me, bare naked me. And I I didn't feel like enough in any way, shape or form, the way I looked, the way I felt, the way I acted, anything. And um, my sponsor, so in in Narcotics Anonymous, you get a sponsor. And my first sponsor um, said, she gave me a mirror and she said, um, I... I'm sorry if you've read the book, because I talk about this in the But she gave me a mirror and she said, um, I want you to look in the mirror every night and every morning and say, I love you. I was like, oh, for God's sake, really? <laughs> and um, I was like, okay, okay. Tiny little mirror, I had it on my bedside table. And obviously it stayed there for six weeks. I didn't even pick it up. Met her again. Have you done it? No. She said, why not? I said, I don't think I can do it. I feel like such an idiot. She went, all right, maybe that's too much. I'm asking too much of you. Try it, I like you. So I was like, okay, that's going to be easy, right? So again, I left it for a bit, didn't do it. And then one morning I thought, I'm going to try and do it. And I picked it up and I looked at it and I burst into tears. And I thought, well, it's going to make me start crying now. I thought, I can't even say I like you. Like, I'm, like, who, I don't even, I feel nothing, like, except for really contempt. And I put it back down, and I was like, oh, God, this is going to be harder than I thought. Yeah. Um, and so I, I, then I called my sponsor. I was like, this is really hard. She just said, keep going. Just keep going. Mm. And every day, you know, I'd be living life. I'd be a bit more responsible. People would start trusting me a bit more. I wouldn't feel like such a like, bad person. And then one day I picked it up and I looked at it and I went, I like you, put, the, put it down. And then, and then it was like, okay, I like you. Mm. <laughs> and then I'd start laughing and I'd be like, hi, I like you. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then she's like, I think we're ready to move on. And we went to I love you. And um, the first time I said I love you, I cried for a really, I cried for a really different reason because like the first time I said I love you, I really meant it. Like I... And I thought, God, I've really come a long way, you know. And, it's, and I don't always love myself. But um, I, she helped me get to that point yeah. where I thought, I'm, wor- I'm worthy of love. And I think that's the thing, isn't it? Like, to love yourself or to be loved, which is something that does make me happy, like, to feel loved. Um, you have to feel worthy of love because people could love you, but you just won't feel it. Yeah, exactly. You have to have it. And I think, you know, so many of us feel like that. So many of us, probably in this room now, will find it very difficult to like ourselves. And, mm. and 
you know, and also in the job that, that you and I do, there's such a huge mirror um, always staring back at us because you've got other people's opinions involved as well. So it's, you have to dig quite deep to go, e- even though these people are saying that I, I've done something wrong or, or they don't like me or what I've said, that I'm still okay with being me. Has that been difficult throughout your career? I mean, I think it's quite interesting that you say in our job, but I think like every we all like everybody. Well, social media now it's, in, it's in, everywhere. In like it's everywhere, mm. right? Like we all kind of feel that judgment yeah. of um, of uh, of the media, and I think it's a little bit again to do with feeling all right in your own skin, and uh, I don't f- I don't feel like. I feel really lucky, in fact. I keep every day as like a, a lucky day that I'm still in television because I'm probably like one of the oldest female TV presenters. I don't know, like, I'm a bit of a silla. Like, I'm heading towards sort of sillardom where, like. You're not there yet, I'm, the, I'm, I'm You're not there the yet. oldest female presenter on TV, I think. And, um, and I'm so great. Again, I'm just full of gratitude for that. Um, and. Yeah, I feel, you know, there are bits of my body, like I, at one point I wanted to get a nose job, and now I think back to that person that wanted to get a nose job, and I think, what the fuck was I thinking? I love my nose. Oh, I love you your know? nose. But it's funny, isn't it? Because you go through things and you think, oh, I hate it. I'm the same. I look like a puffin. A um, puffin? I got sent a thing like, are you related to the puffin family? And then for ages I was like, oh my God, I do look like a puffin. Oh, God, people um, are awful. And then I thought like... Puffins are lovely. No, and then Jon Snow. We love Jon Snow. Yeah. He is a dilf. Totes. And he's very tall as well, so I was like that. Hi. And he looked down at me and he went, you really have a lovely nose. I was oh, like, that's all you really? ever need to hear. Really? Mm. Um, so I now love my nose. And I was going to get a boob job as well after my third child, and they were basically like sort of socks with pebbles in at the yeah. bottom. And I was like, they're never coming back. Like, that's it, they've gone. I'm never going to see them again. And they, they've come back a little bit. <laughs> a bit. Um, but I love my boobs. You know, yeah. my boobs fed my babies. Exactly. And um, it's very useful, a mammogram, to have very empty boobs. It, it, the, the woman always goes, this is going to hurt. I mean, you have to put your boob in the thing and it's going to squish right down and it will probably hurt. I go, it never does. <laughs> Quite proud just of that. It just slide it in and she just squishes it down. Same She's like, amazing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well done. It's kind of a point of like... A badge of honour. A badge, badge of honour. Not the same it's, as you, really. No, mine are very... Well, they're very, always very small and when I had my son and my milk came in, I mean, that was the first of my boobs that had ever existed. I, I literally couldn't stop staring at them. I was taking photographs of them. <laughs> I honestly couldn't believe it. I've got loads of pictures on my desktop at home of just that, of when I had a nursing bra. And they were massive. And they're full of milk. They were gorgeous. And they just absolutely went. Yeah, yeah, my screensaver. And they're now just two little tiny flat things. But I'm kind of, I'm fine with that. I've never been massive on boobs, so I'm fine with it. I'm cool with my boobs. And I love what you're talking about because I had a chat with a very wise friend recently about this. And I was moaning about insignificant things, not serious, because I've had bigger worries in life, but just moaning about, oh, I don't like this about myself and that, and I, my nose is characterful also, and 
Well, we, we all love each other's noses, but on ourselves, it's hot, isn't it? It's kind of, it's a weird thing, and you look that's, in the mirror at different that's angles. That's Keith's and fault. It, this has started before Keith. Okay. We, will, we can't hold him fully responsible. I get upset when he's he made does it a that. thing. He's made it a thing. I get upset. He's made it a thing, but we're fine with it. Uh, you know, but, and there are other things, you know, I've got quite muscular legs, and I've always wanted wafy legs, and all the silly things, stupid crap that doesn't mean anything. But I had a really great chat with a very wise friend about this, and she said to me, yeah, but that's your magic. And I was like, what? I, I don't want, but those things are things I don't like. And she's like, no, 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 that is your magic. And when I started to look at it, like these are my things. They're my individual things. I don't have to conform, look like you know, other people or how social media presents humans to us. This is my magic and I'm going to stick with that. And if other people tell me it's wrong, it's my magic. And like that one line has really, really helped me out. I think it's a good one for us all to remember that we've got our own bits and bobs and they might be things that we think we don't like but they're ours and that's our little thing and I think that's really important to sort of focus on that one mm. for all of us yeah it's a good one yeah Craig Div- David did a song didn't he oh Magic. Craig David M for the way you make me feel yeah A because you always keep it real yeah G for the girl the he's the most positive human in the world by the way oh my god can I just say something just every now and again he sends me uh, a message that just goes your positivity and shining light glows so like I mean, oh. his words are just he's the nicest man he is it's insane I'm coming with you to Ibiza next year oh yeah this is it so I, wear, I go every year to Craig David's pool party in Ibiza because t- you, you know why me, okay but these promise? are the reasons why I promise you're so so coming yeah. I'll tell you the reasons why A Craig Dave is brilliant and he's very positive and he's so good when you see him live he's DJing and singing and you're just Honestly. like how's he doing it so and the Paul party starts at 6 and it finishes at 7 <laughs> so I go straight home and I have dinner at 8 and I go to bed like I normally would it's fantastic so it's the ideal night out for a granny like me. But you're absolutely coming. And he is a very positive person. On that note, how important has it been for you? And I'm imagining when you got so sober, this was pertinent in your recovery. How important is that group of people around you and, and the positivity around you? Obviously, I, I like Narcotics Anonymous because they did, at, the t- at that time, they kind of carried me and all the people in the meetings carried me. And, and somebody once said in a meeting... Um, NA doesn't stand for Narcotics Anonymous it stands for Never Alone oh that's gorgeous so I I always feel rather blessed that I'm an addict because I have somewhere to go that is like family even if I can't get hold of any family at all or I'm somewhere else in the world or I've been to meetings in Australia in America I've been to um, meetings in Bali where I didn't even speak like the language I've um you know, it's like amazing the kind of network. But obviously, my friends uh, and my girlfriends in particular are are everything to me. And when I got clean, I'd slightly kind of when I got cleaner, I didn't have that many really good girlfriends because I could manipulate girls in the same way as I could manipulate boys when I was using. I was bad. And um, and actually, what's happened is. I now have a very solid network of girlfriends mm. uh, who I, I couldn't live without, I don't think. Mm. Oh, are you besties? <clears throat> I love that. I know, there's loads of best friends who have come it's together, really, which really has been... Nice. And mums and daughters, and we've that. got... You know, it's been lovely. And I do wonder if 
that sort of community and structure is needed for everyone because like you said even on that Christmas Day message loneliness is a big problem for a lot of people still and feeling like you are part of something is really important and you know if you are struggling with mental health issues or addiction you can find a community that will help you but in everyday life if you don't feel like you're struggling with those things you might just feel a bit lonely and it is important to try and carve that out I just always wish there was something more obvious for people to latch onto if they're feeling like that I don't see any reason why um lots of people can't start up some kind of fellowship of their own Mm. Russell Brand actually wrote a brilliant book um, sort of about the 12 steps of recovery so good, but making book. them very simple to understand and making them sort of a blueprint for life mm. and if you could take those 12 steps that he's written out and apply them to anxiety or um, mental health or uh, Depression, or I mean, you could tie all of those even relationships. Relationships. Yeah. I mean, well, there's sex and love addiction, but you could anybody that's having any kind of problem could go and use those twelve points on that specific problem and feel better about it. But most important, you'd find people struggling in the same same area, and that's yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? Because as soon as you start talking about anything you're worried about, you realise you are not alone. Ever. Even when you think you are, and you think, I'm the only one feeling like this, no one has felt like this before, I'm a freak, I'm, you know, I've felt like that loads of times, and then you speak out, and then you're like, well, you feel like that too? And it's a, it's a remarkable moment. And, and that's one of the great things about the internet. People, it is. People it slag is. off the internet all the time, and it's all oh, kids are on there, but you can find your tribe you can. online. You can. Yeah. It's connection, true connection. Davina, I, I literally cannot thank you enough for doing this today and, and for having this chat. It's been so, so lovely. I love you. I love you. And um, I'd love one more massive round of applause for Davina for our live podcast. Thank you. Oh, thank you to the beautiful ball of energy that is Davina McCall. I love you. Next week, it's a Prince's Trust special with the amazing Grace. For 10 years, it was never spoken about, so we just all got on with it as a family, and I think that was our survival. So it was never mentioned, so I pushed it really, really deep. It was almost as if it had never happened to me, and I remember looking at him and actually thinking, look at me, please recognise me, what you've, you know, what you've done. Get that episode as soon as it's dropped when you subscribe. Do it now at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts and more. What are you waiting for? A massive thanks again to Davina, to the sponsor of Happy Place Live, Vita Coco, to the producer Matt Hill at Rethink Audio and to you blimmin' lovely lot for listening. See you next week. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. 
Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 